Hello, I'm Dr. Amalia Gondas Malka. Welcome to Womanity Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, and much more. Joining us today from Vienna, Austria, is soprano Pretty Yende, who has made her mark in the world of opera, performing in Paris, Berlin, London, Vienna, Milan, New York, Barcelona, and many, many more. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It is a great pleasure to have you on the show and to be able to reflect on aspects of your journey. To start with, you were born in Impumalanga, grew up in Petrotip, a population of, I think, just under 60,000 people. And you had initial ambitions of pursuing accounting. How did singing and opera in particular enter your frame of reference as potential career choices? Well, I think destiny is the word that comes to mind immediately because I grew up in a very loving family upbringing and there was always music in the house. I remember every after supper we would sing hymns from the church, everybody at home. So the seed of music was already there. But it's only in 2001 when one fine pretty evening watching TV And the British Airways popped up on the screen with this amazing duet from Dead Lieb, which is called the Flower Duet from Lakme. All those melodies in just 10 seconds opened a door of many endless possibilities that I never knew existed. It felt like somebody had woken me up. I was asleep and suddenly I was woken up. So there was light and then I immediately went to my high school teacher at the time to ask him what it was. And he told me it's called opera. At 16 at the time, I had no idea that it was even, you know, something humanly possible or that it had a name. So I asked him, is it humanly possible? Because it sounded supernatural. And he said, of course, pretty, you can be taught. I said, well, my grandmother taught me how to sing. Definitely, if you can teach me, then I can do this. So you must teach me. So that's how the journey Pretty Journey hashtag started. And as they say, the rest is history. You're so right. When you hear the sounds of people like you singing opera, you do go, is that humanly possible? Because the sounds that you are able to conjure or make are are, are just amazing. Absolutely. So can you imagine a girl from Petrative hearing that, thinking, but I know music, but this I don't know. What is it? It opened something in my heart that I immediately had that inkling. I wanted to share it with as many people. The people have to feel this because I felt it and I want I want to share it. So that that agency, that quest never stopped. And I'm so grateful because it's one thing when you're touched by something that you might fall to be passionate about and be able to do it. And another where you don't have the means to do it. So I was really blessed that the gift was already there and the light was already there, ready to burn and brighter. So it was no longer under the table. It was in, on top of the table for all to be lit. How did your family react? Because let's face it, accounting, relatively stable. You're going to generate an income, creative arts, opera, completely different world. They were shocked. Firstly, I never liked waking up in the morning. So we always had fights with my mom waking up in the morning. 
But immediately when I was advised by the high school teacher to join the choir, because I wouldn't stop. Immediately, Pretty was waking up the earliest in the morning. Something had changed. It's like, what's going on? And then, of course, I told them that I've joined the choir. I would like to sing. And at the time, I was about to finish matric. So it was quite concerning for them because isn't music a hobby? Can't you just do accounting because now you've got all these bursaries and then do music? So I had to make a deal with my wonderful parents. I love them so much. So I said, okay, if this music thing doesn't work in two years, I promise I'm going to change the course and do accountancy. And my dad was the first one to say, you know, if you feel, I, I, I almost didn't have to convince my dad my dad was like, if you feel it in your heart that it is good, then do it. Mom was much more skeptical. So I had to convince mom. I said, mommy, I promise you, if this thing doesn't work in two years, I'm going to change. Guess what? The very first week I was at the South African College of Music, I knew I had to be there. And so it was strange also. It had nothing to do with music, but it had everything to do with the perception of young people there who saw themselves inadequate or you cannot achieve that. And I would always question, what if you can? No, you cannot get 90% on voice examination. And in my heart, I said, what if you can? I became the first student to get 95%. Oh, no, you cannot get um, the opening night because the opening night belongs to the people in the opera house. I said, what if you can? I became one of the first students. So my, my light was more than just my gift, but my presence and the uh, inspiration was to make other people believe in themselves. And for me, that was the main point that made me believe that I belong there. That coupled with me learning how to sing and exploring about my gift, which is something that I think I'm very, very grateful for. Amazing. I'm, I'm starting to get goosebumps of you <laughs> being this achiever and, and showing why not. So you studied at the South African College of Music, which is, I uh, understand, part of, the, of UCT. You also went to Milan to the Accademia Teatro La Scala. My Italian is not great. Bravissima. You're good. <laughs> so you've really, apart from your, your talent, but you have honed your skill and you've consciously developed yourself and your craft through through education absolutely I've always been the child who I asked my dad how I was when I was young and he said you were always asking questions you were always curious about things that are impossible what if you can do it dad what about this dad what about that so I've never I guess it has something that has always been in my soul about the curiosity about conquering I don't know about goodness about anything and so while I was at the South African College of Music, of course, I was overwhelmed with the change because suddenly that girl who had the gift and who won the national competitions in high school and be given the possibility to study in Cape Town was no longer the it girl in a way, to put it, you know, for the lack of better word. But in that South African College of Music, there were thousands, many gifted, and who knew about this music long before I was even born? And I felt uh, I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't belong here. But those doubts were not bigger than the, 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 the hope 
of goodness. What if I can do it? I need to go further. Why can't other people go further? So I entered international competitions because I said, but they are gifted. Why are they not going overseas and making careers? And then I, I realized that it was, of course, financial constraints. So I decided, what can I do to get myself overseas? And so the accountant in me came up. If I can ask one family to sponsor a return ticket for me, in that way, I go to the international competition and I sing for everybody who is important in the industry. That way, I don't have to ask too much money. But it was so un- incredible because even from the very first international competition that I, that I entered, I won every prize possible. And I said to myself, no, I don't deserve this. My technique is not good. I'm new. But looking back, I realized that my mental um, state was not competing. My purpose of being there was to say, I've just found out about this. What do you think? So the, the limitation of comparing myself to the next person or to beat another person was not there. So I just flew. I just like, this is what I have. And obviously it got them very excited. And one of the prizes, of course, was an invitation to the Young Artist Program at the Academia de la Scala in Milano. And After winning other invitations from Germany, from Spain, from France, and everybody at the time was saying that um, they want to make me, uh, you know, a a superstar. And I was like, no, I am not. I don't want to be a star. I want to know how to use this. I want to I want to learn to govern this so that when I have to make sound decisions about my career, because now apparently it's a career, so I need to do it right. So that at the end of the day, I would never blame somebody and say, I didn't know, you said. So I decided not to go to the places where they were going to make me a star and make me work. I went to Milano because I knew they were going to give me tough love. And that's what got me to, to La Scala. And I'm grateful for that route because... Ultimately, that journey from those competitions to now, those principles are still there. I'm always still surrounded by greatness and I have to be very comfortable with being uncomfortable and also be very aware that as much as other people's lights and gifts shine, mine too is just as shining like the stars. No star is is complaining that, why are you shining brighter than me? (laughs) But they make this complete net of wonderful light for for the night. That's such a beautiful analogy with the constellation of stars that each one burns brightly in its own right. Yes. You're listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity, and today we're talking to award-winning South African soprano Priti Yende, who has made a mark in the world of opera, performing in Paris, Berlin, London, Vienna, Milan, New York, Barcelona, and many more. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. You were in Milan, obviously learning Italian. What I know from an opera point of view is that traditionally they're in German, they're in French, they're in Italian. How has language been part of your evolution and your process here? I have to say I'm grateful that I was born in South Africa. Because being born in my wonderful country, I was accustomed to so many other languages. My ear was already saying, 
ah, is that Sutu? Ah, is that Kwasa? Ah, is that Afrikaans? Ah, English. You know, so my 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 inquisitive mind was already already excited about these different languages. So when I got to Milan, of course, I had to learn Italian. It was very tough, of course, at the beginning. Also, just the change, you know, from growing up in the beautiful sunshine and the soil of our country to Europe. When I got to Europe, it was winter, so there was no sun. I remember I used to open the Skype just to hear Zulu or him or just hear something familiar because I almost had to change into this new being from what I see, from what I can taste the food, from, from what I can hear the language and everything. So I had to grow. And so once I got to, uh, you know, the third week, my father just said, you said you were going to conquer the world and now you're there now live because I was stuck in between leaving home and, in, in pursuing a tomorrow. And he was really, really um, helpful in making me understand that what I had said I would achieve, I have achieved, now I need to live. So then I started, of course, to learn Italian. And uh, on the fourth, I think on the, what's the second month, I was almost fluent in Italian. And thanks to my Italian teacher at the time who said, if you love, who told my colleagues that if you love pretty, you are not going to speak to her in English. You are going to speak to her in Italian. And that helped me a lot. And of course, I'm very grateful for the mind that I have, because even in school, I was very quick to learn. Um, you know, that too was a gift. So I was able to learn quickly. And uh, lo and behold, I started learning French. <laughs> and uh, those are the two languages that I mostly perform in the Italian and French. Worlds apart, and as you say, that um, shift between cultures from being in South Africa from a climate point of view, from a food point of view, from a language point of view, and then going off to Europe to completely different. Um, but during this, your your growth, and I loved what you said earlier, is about being learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You've performed at numerous prestigious venues, including London's Royal Opera House, Covent Garden, Opera National de, de Paris, uh, Metropolitan Opera, Teatro alla Scala in Milan, Deutsche Opera in Berlin, uh, Munich, Barcelona, and more recently where we find you today is, is in Vienna. Please walk us through some of the landmarks in your career once you've gone from studying to mainstream? What got me uh, this incredible life, and I think I'm grateful for one thing. At the time when I was still in high school, I remember that I always loved traveling. So this is another wonderful way of life for me. And I remember also in our English school uh, period, we would actually, um, you know, uh, act, we would do scenes, and I enjoyed acting. So, hey, Lo and behold, what I'm actually doing involves acting, telling stories and traveling and getting to see the world. So when I was at the Academy of La Scala, about to finish the course, I, I got a call from the Metropolitan Opera House in uh, New York in 2013. A colleague of mine had fallen ill and they wanted to know if I could jump in. We call it short notice, jump in to do the role of Adele Countess Adele in um, 
Rossini's Le Conte Ori, which is in French. So at the time, uh, French is a language that I so love to sing in. It's really, really one of my favorite languages to sing in and to, to speak. So I said to myself, I love Rossini, who is an Italian composer, and he's my favorite composer. And then I love singing in French. And then I was like, okay, this is whether you're going to jump and swim or you're going to drown. And the hero in me was like, jump. So I decided to take the chance. And I made my, my, Met, my Metropolitan Opera debut in 2013. It was huge success. And from there, everything started opening up. And uh, from, from, as you said, from Germany, London, everywhere, Spain, uh, you know, I have been so grateful to enjoy the beginning of a career where normally my colleagues come to an end. You know what I mean? I started at the peak where people say, ah, I have arrived. No, I, that was my first step. And it was an incredible honor, but also an incredible challenge because of course, I'm so exposed. There are things that take time, technique, for example, for the voice takes a really, really, really time. You cannot even rush it. I can learn an opera in a day or two or three very easily. I can memorize easily, but the body, the muscle needs time to be able to understand. So of course, with social media and the pressure of, hey, there's this new girl, I had to learn quickly many things, how to, how to balance understanding that I'm so exposed and I have to be comfortable with that because that is my beginning. And so I'm very grateful now that I understand that the tough road really is something that is, uh, you can find so much growth in it. Pretty. do you think that part of this is because you came in with a completely different mindset it was just different from from the onset. And do you think that in a way that's contributed to your your success, your approach to to life and your career? Absolutely. That naive girl who's like, what if it's possible? What if I can do it? You know, <laughs> in 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 that thought and the those steps to actually doing it, you know, the girl transforms. You know, you have to transform into doing and but you have to believe it first. I've always just been a wild believer. What if it's possible? What if I am the possibility? And then you, all I can do is try and I fail and then I, I fall and then I get up again and then I try again. And those are the principles of life too. You know, I learned so much about myself as a human being that this is the journey of life. This world is for us to try. And this life that we have, the gift of life that we have is to explore and let our souls fly. And I have this honor and privilege to have my soul fly and experience life through this gift of music. And I'm very grateful for that. Obviously, there has been many wins. Unfortunately, not too many like a damning uh, failures, but they have been there because, I mean, I'm a human being, but they turned out to be great lessons that I need in order to grow further and know how to navigate, uh, you know, on the global stage. In the roles that you you play, I understand that from a creative point of view, everything is is open to interpretation. It's the way that you portray the character. It's the nuances that you bring in. 
who have been some of the most memorable characters that you've played and and operas uh, that have really spoken to your heart? I didn't know. Apparently, I'm a good comedian. <laughs> I love good stories. I love to give joy to people. I think this is the this is my core of my my journey. That joy that I felt when I heard that music for the first time was the very joy that I wanted to share with everybody. And it comes through mostly when I do comedy. Uh, there are operas that I've done that are very light, like Don Pasquale. I did Don Pasquale, uh, my debut at La Scala, and then I took it to Barcelona, and then I took it to the Covent Garden in London just recently. Um, operas like Elisir d'Amore, also by Donizetti and, uh, you know, from Munich to the Met and uh, at the Staatsoper in Berlin as well. But one role, and of course, the most recent one is the daughter of the regiment, La Fille du Regiment, uh, which is in French, also by Donizetti, which I sang at the Metropolitan Opera House and in Spain. And uh, that is seemingly one of my apparently signature roles when it comes to comedy, because I was even able to, you know, do some Zulu in it, which was really fantastic. Uh, but one role that I see brought so much growth in me and understanding what it means to be an opera singer is the role of Lucia di Lamemore from, uh, you know, the opera Donizetti, Lucia di Lamemore. Lucia, she goes mad. There's this big mad scene. Apparently it's called mad scene. I've never been so hurt in my life that I would find an escape in my head. And this is something that I had to learn. But also the way that the score is so challenging, technically, acrobats, high notes, long scenes. So you cannot be boring. <laughs> you have to be an actress and you, have, you cannot make shortcuts. You have to learn every note right. You have to learn every phrase correctly. I learned so much from that role and I appreciate it so much. And most recently, of course, my favorite role that I that I got the chance to sing, which has been my dream role when I started singing in Cape Town was, uh, of course, Violetta, uh, which is a Verdi from La Traviata. It's one of the, the sopranos main goal. If I can just sing La Traviata, <laughs> every soprano would tell you in the world, it's such an honor. So I got a new production also done for me, tailor-made for me, which is something historic. As a Black South African girl, having a new production by a Hollywood director at the Opera Garnier in Paris was a huge, huge deal in 2016. So that was something that I would never forget. And I, it's one of the roles that I appreciate so much. And I've sung, of course, now uh, in, in a couple of places in London, in San Francisco, in Italy and in Spain. So um, I'm very grateful for all these roles. It's something so interesting also that I learned so much about me as a person, as an actress, how to separate yourself from the, you know, from, you know, from the characters that you play, which is another uh, wonderful discussion for another day, I guess. <laughs> I I literally feel like being able to open the curtain and see you on the stage, hearing the richness in your voice, the different accents and intonations you bring in when you just mention words in Italian or, or French. Is there anything that you can Share for us uh, a line in your operatic stance um, from be it Violetta or, or one of your other more memorable characters to share a few bars with us. Sang? <laughs> yes. yes, sang would be great. 
Unfortunately, I my voice is not is resting today. But it's such incredible that there's always some line that just brings humanity in each and every um, character that I get to play, which is something that the audience all around the world can can understand those lines. You don't have to speak the language to understand it, but there's this incredible um, virtue that happens from an artist to the audience and vice versa. I mean, oh my God, there's so much in my head right now, but that is something that I I, I treasure so much um, that always connects, that makes a communication that cannot be found in the black and white notes. Uh, it, it goes beyond our natural world. It's a place where you and I meet. We don't have to know each other. We don't have to speak the same language. But when we are in that space together from soul to soul, there's a wonderful con- connection and communication that happens that when you leave the opera house, you are no longer the same. And uh, that is something that is truly magnificent. You're listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity. And today we're talking to award-winning South African soprano Priti Yende, who has made a mark in the world of opera, performing in Paris, Berlin, London, Vienna, Milan, New York, Barcelona, and many more. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Where is it that you want to take opera? You part of this industry. It's a traditional industry. Is there any direction that you want to see it going through to now that you've been exposed to this world? It is your world. I think I'm very grateful now that I have come to doubt myself less whether I mean I've always asked myself do I really belong here do I really need to do this am I am I can I can I can I finally with all the successes that I have had the privilege of having I realized that that's no longer a question now I need to understand how I would like to live from now on because obviously I really really belong here and there's something that I need to say through my gift with all these incredible um, engagements that I get to see. One of the things that I wish more than anything is the perception of thinking that it belongs to some and not to some. I totally disagree with that. And my hope is that we can all understand and appreciate that this gift of music is for all humanity. It's the so, it's really soul food. <laughs> it's not just for some. And that privilege is ours as human beings. And I wish that, you know, audiences can be from any walk of life just for those hours for us to just come into that table of virtue and just sit and let the melodies take us and we take that richness and wealth with us when we go to our homes hopefully we become kinder to one another and then that kindness and love and compassion it also just goes to the world and this world of ours becomes a better place mm. that's such a, a beautiful and important sentiment with us being a gender-based show and we go across literally every sector of industry from academia through to politics, through to the business world, the sporting arena, to the entertainment um, space. But one of the things that I often find is that there are always some type of, of gender discrepancies whether it is issues of uh, not being able to have equal pay or equal opportunities, 
What would you say have been some of your experiences or, or gender challenges that you've you've confronted during your career? I believe the biggest one was that I was always the youngest in the room. And so the perception was that I do not know enough. It is true that, um, you know, age and experience can be misleading in a way when a gift just is able to do what what I cannot say with my words. I noticed at the beginning that I would enter a room and looks would be like, why are you here? Or um, you're too young to understand. But then immediately when I started to make music, everyone in that room could hear that they cannot negate that. And so the world of opera is also very male dominant. And so that too makes it quite uncomfortable at times for, for women. And especially also most of the directors can be, um, you know, gay. And the compassion for women can sometimes be a little bit compromised because we might be pushed further than we would like. And those challenges are still there, you know. And so the lack of respect um, sometimes for women can be there that you find yourself forced in a way for a lack of a better way to wear a certain costume, to be a certain size. Uh, you have to be thinner. You have to be, you have to look like a model, sing like an angel and act like Meryl Streep. <laughs> you know, so those challenges are quite difficult. And then uh, mainly for women, guys don't have them as much. Guys can have their steaks and beers, but we need to have our salad <laughs> and go to gym. <laughs> Which is where you are now. <laughs> right, right. But I, I, I decided um, when I saw those, those challenges, I said to myself, I need to find a way to protect my gift. I need to find a way to make the other girl know that you don't have to do that in order to have a successful career. So we are born all unique and beautifully unique the way we are. Our instruments are just as valid as we are. The important thing that Pretty must take care of is her health. My health is important. I need to be able to jump. I need to be able to walk and enjoy my gift on the stage. If I find myself that I cannot jump as much or kneel and get up as easy, then I need to do something about it. But it's not about the size of my hips or the curl of my hair. It is about my gift, what is this able to do. And we are seeing more and more women telling the industry that you cannot put us in one box because we are not born in one box. And so there's some kind of change, but it will take some time. Those words really, really ring true. We've talked through your career, various aspects and stages. One of the questions that I ask all my guests on the show is about some of the factors that they feel have contributed to their success. Some people will speak about discipline, a particular person in their life, focus, faith, values, Please share with us what have been some of your key drivers to success. Definitely my faith. As a born again Christian, raised in a, in a Christian home, I was taught 
way back then that in this life you cannot just do it alone you have to do it with the one that created you and for us of course it was the lord jesus christ and i when i look about it i realize that with all the whirlwind that goes around and the kind of career that i've been able to achieve in such a short time very short time because um, one of the mentors actually said to me pretty what you what you've achieved is like two lifetimes for some people because of success to success from global stage to global stage and of course the lifestyle does require anchoredness you cannot do this if you don't have that anchoredness and for me it is my faith it is my family it is my pretty army <laughs> hashtag people that are close to me, people that will challenge me to be the best of me, people who can realize that she's not okay, even though she's thriving in the world. They are there just a phone call away. They are there just a prayer away. They are there just a hug away. Even if, you know, I can get standing ovation um, on, on, on the stage and then when the curtain goes down, I just drop because I open my soul so much to that particular character who died who was going through a completely different emotional state than me and then suddenly I'm feeling feelings that are not mine that they can realize that that's not you they can bring me back you know so those people those souls are really really the people that keep me sane and I call them obviously because you know we say that it takes a village to raise a child well for this one it took an entire army, a legion of pretty army hashtag. <laughs> I, I love that, the, the pretty army. Networks are incredibly important, especially those, those social structures. Tell us about some of the strong women in your life. My grandmother. Oh, my grandmothers. I, my mom's mom is the one who really raised me because my dad's mom passed away quite earlier. Although she was the one who taught me to sing. She was the one who, who birthed the, that seed of music. She, would, she had asked us so we had long walks to church and uh, we had to take breaks in between. I remember I was five years old and then we would sit down and then he, she would open a hymn book and then she would teach me this song. Sing it well in Nandiladis. Sing it well in Kazilemvana. Sing it well in Musanutandu. That was the first melody that touched my vocal cords in a way. And so that that those seeds were planted by the greatest women I can ever I, I, I can really I can't even explain with words with the gratitude I have from them and then of course uh, my grandmother mom's mom is the one that I lived with the most my mother mothers in general young women in general my peers in general you in general everybody I find inspiration in everything because we are connected the flower, the lily, the rose, the tree, the fish, the dog, everything. That that lady in the in that corner selling um, tips, you know, for for her family, or that man who is struggling with life, and we are so connected. I find 
inspiration everywhere. And I'm very grateful for that. Of course, my mentors in Cape Town, my voice teacher, Virginia Davids, Angelo Cobato, everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an open soul. <laughs> we are so glad that you didn't pursue accounting because we would never have seen this richness in color. <laughs> I always say <laughs> that thought of wanting to be an accountant, I was like thinking, I'm going to be rich because I knew that I'm driven. And if I put my mind to it, I will achieve it and have success. But knowing what I know now, my soul was going to be so, so hurt and could not really be so free as much as this incredible life is affording my soul to thrive in this world. What's next for Pretty Yende? So what's next? I'm in Vienna now, and I've been invited to the Viennese Ball. So I'm going to go to a ball for the first time in my life. And I'm going to be like Cinderella. <laughs> and then I go back to, Ber- to Berlin, where I am uh, finishing my performances at the Staatsoper Berlin for Carmen as Michaela. And then on my birthday, on the 6th of March, I'm in Paris doing a big concert uh, with a colleague of mine. And then um, I'll be back in Hamburg for my debut as Gilda in Verdi's Rigoletto. So many wonderful things ahead of me. And I'm just grateful that there is such wonderful chances for me to explore and make my wings wider. We are so happy to hear of all of your future plans that are literally right around the corner. And what a way to spend your birthday in Paris. Yay! (laughs) As we wrap up today's conversation, please can you share a few words of inspiration or wisdom or motivation that you'd like to pass on to girls and women who are listening to us in the continent? Dear somebody, may you know that you are absolutely precious and unique and you are in this world for a great and wonderful purpose. Don't let the world stop you. Don't let them cut your wings. They don't know you. You have visions. You see yourself there. Catch yourself there. The world is always last to catch up. So don't let them stop you before you even give birth to your dream. The incredible time that we are living in right now it's so endless with so many possibilities the world is even smaller than before opportunities are even more than before so like Mandela said don't play small play bigger and if you fall like we were children we would laugh and get up and walk again so don't give up don't give up don't look at me and think that I have had it easy, I deserve it. Yes, I do, but it's also been very hard. The trick is not to stop, is to keep going and keep fighting for that wonderful soul that you are. Thank you for that fantastic message, and may you continue to soar and be part of that bright constellation as the star that you are in your own right. Thanks for joining us so much. Thank you so much and God bless you. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity and we have been talking to award-winning South African soprano Priti Yende who has made a mark in the world of opera performing in Paris, Berlin, London, Vienna, Milan, New York, Barcelona to name a few.